Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, guys. Well, we're back in John. Somebody said, man, it's going to take you a long time to get through John at this pace. <laughs> I think I started, I think we started, I can't remember exactly, uh, maybe it was like the beginning of 2020. Of course, we're not going all the way through John. We're taking all these breaks, but it's just a nice little guy to have in the background. It's a nice, um, it's a nice, just steady place for us to return to. I think we're going to make it maybe through John 7 this year. Uh, we're going to finish up John 5 in the next week, but then we'll go to John 6 uh, in a few months. We're actually going to spend, John 6 is a long, I mean, it's a, there's a lot there. It's a long passage. Right. A lot so we'll, going on. Yeah. And then John 7, I know it, we're going to return there in the fall. We may even get to John 8. I'm not sure. So we're, 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 we're coming. We're making our way. We're making our progress. Slowly but surely. But obviously we've got a lot of other things that we're talking about. We, you know, we, um, we were in Acts. We're actually going to go back to Acts after John. I'm going back to okay. the Church of Antioch. How about that? Why not? There's more to learn there. That's right. And so I don't think I've ever done that where I've preached some text about something, left and come like right back to it. Mm. But we're going to do that. Hey. So it'll be an experiment for us. It'll be good. Um, and then um, I'm excited about some of the things we're going to look at this summer, guys. Both of you guys are implicated. We're going to do this whole deal on kind of art and beauty. Yeah. How do we think about that biblically? Yeah. We're going to do this whole deal on singleness. How about that, Thomas? I'm, I'm down with that. How I mean, do we think about that biblically? It's going to be awesome. But yeah. I can't tell you now. <laughs> we got to wait. So we're going to, yeah. But One so thing at a time. A lot of interesting stuff going on. And then, of course, John kind of intertwined in all this. Uh, but John 5, 1 through 18 a very, I mean, there is so much in this passage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, guys. The older I get, the more I read the Bible. I, it it doesn't become less interesting to me. It only becomes more interesting to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I am almost to the point. I feel like I'm an old man. You know, I my I used to. <laughs> you remember being a kid and you like hang out with an old man who like reads the Bible or prays and they like. Like basically start crying every time. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. When 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 Jason Byers was praying through Psalm eight last night, I almost like just started crying, just yeah. like hearing the word of the Lord. And then this morning, ahead of our staff meeting, we were reading out of Luke 23. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, like I I was I don't know if I almost started crying, but I was like mo- I could feel that like you moved. You know that thing inside of you is like. And it's like, if it gets too high, you might break into tears. That was going on. I'm like, what is this? Why am I becoming this old man? Um, and so anyway, I'm losing it, guys. I'm losing control no, I think of my emotions. I think it should be the expectation that we will go deeper and deeper into the realities and glories and mysteries of who God is. Yeah. And, and that's actually exciting, right? Absolutely. I remember, I remember reading through the, the whole Bible, you know, when I was a teenager. And I got to the end and I had this moment of like, okay, what now? Right. And yeah. Then, I've done it. Yeah. And then I had to be reminded, you go and read it again. Yeah. 
and again and again and, again. Yep. and it gets better and better so and I, I think having kids is doing this to me too i you know <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, maybe you are an emotional mess. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Something's <laughs> happening to me, guys. Like, I, I used to be so, I used to be so in control of myself, oh, and now, anyway. Okay, well, <clears throat> let's move on from that. So we talked about three points in the sermon yesterday. Of course, the the story really, I mean, just this amazing story. Jesus encounters this one guy among the multitude. Um, one thing, one note, I will add. Uh, this is like one of these places. This is why both both of y'all have been to Jerusalem, right? Yeah, yeah. I have not. Oh, Jordan. Well, we got to get you next year. You want to go next year? I would love to go. I'm next inviting time. you right now. Right, you want to go next year? I would love to. Can go. we shake on it at least? Oh yeah. Um, we, I just saw it. I saw the shake. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Jordan, you're in. Perfect. All right. So, but you can this. You know what I'm talking about, then, Thomas. Like you walk through the sheep gate. You know what I'm talking about, right oh, yeah. there. Oh, and they're selling yeah. all the little maps. I mean, I don't know if they were selling the maps when uh, Jesus was there, but right, <laughs> right beyond that, you go to St. Anne's and you sing. The, have you done this? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. You sing at St. Anne's because it's. But you don't stay too long because they will make you leave. Yeah, you only get one song. That's right. And maybe if you have like a really good soloist, she yeah, can well. do one too. That's yeah. right. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's this old Crusader castle, Jordan, huh. and it's this how it's built. The the acoustics in there are just. It's unbelievable. It's like perfect acoustics. Yep. No. And so, anyway, it's this old Crusader castle, and you sing there. But then right beyond that is this pool, and it's right after the chief. It's, it's just this one of these moments where it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, John's describing it here. It's like, yeah, I know where that is. Like, I've been there. Um, and, of course, Jesus heals this man, this amazing story. And, and, and there's a lot of interesting little moments in it. We talked about a few of them yesterday. The two most interesting moments to me, number one is this man who's been an invalid for 38 years gets up and walks and all the pharisees can see is that he's breaking the sabbath that yeah. he's carrying his mat on the sabbath mm-hmm. the other interesting passage to me is you know verse 14 sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you just a very interesting statement um of jesus and i think the other inter- interesting interplay maybe that's going on here is this idea of work and sabbath and mm-hmm. what is the sabbath yep and what's going on with that. So that's what, kind of what we talked about yesterday. We talked about healing, we talked about holiness, and we talked about Sabbath. And so let's, let's kind of just walk through those one at a time. Mm-hmm. Healing. Um, we said that everybody's looking to something for healing. Yeah, one of, one of uh, the things I think Blake likes to say this a lot is you asked you ask a question of the text, where do you see yourself? Who are you? And, and I appreciated how you bo- both drew attention to you know, the healing that this man needed in terms of physical healing, it, Jesus performed a miracle. He, he had been you know, 38 mm-hmm. years lame and and Jesus heals him. Uh, but then also the Pharisees, right? How they needed healing and ultimately missed it. And I think, you know, I, I think it's important for us to see, and I appreciated the fact that you drew attention to this. We are both Pharisee and this man needing healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our that's our reality, and and we both need need the healing of Christ. But then also we can miss uh, Jesus' miracle in in the attempt to hold on to our own justifications. Yeah, everybody's looking to something for, and I'll use kind of healing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, e- it's either relief from pain or. Um, avoidance of pain, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. And so I've got to keep looking at this pool or I've got to keep obeying this law. Um, 
you know, the Pharisees not only loved that they obeyed the law so much, but they really loved putting other people down. And so they kept everybody in fear, right? right? You don't want to get caught breaking the Sabbath. You don't want to be ostracized by the Pharisees. They'll put you out of the temple, right? And so they're, um, you know, everybody has these things. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm significant. I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm comfortable because, and we're all looking to something. And Jesus comes in and he disrupts that. Um, and the man, he was okay to be disrupted because the pool wasn't really working out for him. Right. <laughs> He'd been there That's a right. long time yeah. and it wasn't healing him. But the, um, the Pharisees, they were looking at something that was kind of working out for them. And were they really willing to be disrupted? Were they, were they really, I kept using the word violated. Were they, were, they really, were they really willing to look to Jesus when he violated whatever the other thing that they were looking to, which in this case was a superficial following of the law? I appreciated that word uh, violate because mm. it, I mean, it, typically it's a negative con, you know, connotation. Uh, but you know, as you kind of walk through the different justifications that we can have, you know, whether it's work or ethics or all these different things, I, it's a good word because mm -hmm. it, it, there is a sense of Jesus confronting the Pharisees in, in a purposeful, intentional way um, because he, he, he knew that, their self-justification was not working you know right. that that's not the way to freedom and um but i you know i think hopefully all of us were in different ways uh convicted by jesus you know intentionally pushing on the categories that we have because we all have them mm -hmm. right we all we all have these things that we hold on to and jesus for the purpose of freedom will intentionally violate he will he will push against that so that we can have this this freedom that he offers us mm -hmm. it's powerful yeah i i think when i look at healing it's always initially through a selfish lens like i want to be healed for me mm -hmm. and every time jesus heals he does it for a greater purpose which is to draw people unto himself yes but it's really easy to start viewing God as this genie in a bottle. He can right. fix me. He can make me better. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a it, a real delight though when I start to see oh God did this so that I might be closer to Him, right. so that other people might see Him. Well, in in kind of what we were saying yesterday, and I, I do think you, you can't understand the signs of Jesus without the sign of Jesus, right? Yeah. And so don't miss the sign for the signs. Now, next chapter, Jesus is really gonna call the people out on yeah. this. I mean, mm -hmm. this is where um, Jesus really starts to explain, okay, you guys, you're, you're totally missing the point. You, you are here for a meal, mm -hmm. but it's my body that you have to eat. It's my blood that you have to drink. And of course, they have no idea what he's talking about, and they quit following him. Um, I and I didn't. I could have gone there yesterday, but I went with the sign of Jonah because it's a little neater and a little you know less cumbersome. But um, you know, of course, same. It's the same passage, right? Jesus says, "You're a crooked and twisted generation. Mm -hmm. You're looking for a sign, but I'm only going to give you one sign, and that is the sign of Jonah." And 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 what Jesus is ultimately saying in all of that is. There is, there is an ultimate purpose for which I've come. These signs are pointing to who I am. They're helping you to see 
I am the Jewish Messiah. And because I'm the Jewish Messiah, I'm the Messiah of the whole world. <laughs> but you're missing that. You're, you're so distracted by the sign that you're missing the sign, the sign of Jonah, that I've actually come to give you, as you said, ultimate healing. I'm not just here to heal your body. I'm yeah. not just here to, take, here to take care of your legs. I'm actually here to take care of your heart. I'm actually here to show you what true holiness is in me. Now, it's interesting. There, there's a little bit of an interplay in this text because I think that, you know, I think that rightly, hopefully, as I said yesterday, when he says nothing worse may happen to you, he's talking about the final judgment. Mm -hmm. Rightly, we are, because we know the whole story, we're to understand the worst thing that may happen to this man did happen to Jesus because this man did sin and he had sinned and Jesus took on the weight of our sin. But I also think you're, we're wrong to just read it that way. That there also is in the Christian life, you know, I, I would say it this way, a call into the holiness of Christ, a call into the righteousness or the righteous imputation of Christ. A call into the holiness of Christ is also a call to the holiness of Christ. Meaning that we're not justified by our holiness, we're not justified by our righteousness, but as we are justified in the righteousness of Christ, we are pursuing the righteousness of Christ in the Christian life. That that is a part of the Christian life. It is an evidence of our justification. What's well, a yeah? It's a natural effect of our justification, and to push it a little further, a needed effect. Right. Oh yeah. You know that 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 you know sanctification is a part of this story, redemptive story. And, and so we can either participate that in that and cooperate with the Lord, or we don't. In which case, you know, the more and more we go down that road, the less and less confidence scripture gives us that we're saved to begin with. Yeah, and I think, yeah. uh, and I think for all of us, I mean, and I think for the listener, you, whenever you really encounter Jesus, there, there's always both great conviction of sin and great comfort. Both of those feelings should be happening at the same time, right? And, yeah. I, and I think if they're not, it, it's interesting, you know, after yesterday's sermon, so many people, it was, it, was, it was interesting, so many people came up to me and they said, I love coming to church here. These are some visitors. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm just moved um, by the service because y'all actually talk about the Bible and you actually talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And... I do think, and you know, that seems, I mean, I don't know what's going out there in other churches, I guess, but it seems like I just thought that's what Christians did. I didn't know that like there was like another thing. Um, but I do think that there is, some people think just talking about Jesus is insufficient. Mm -hmm. We need to be a little more practical than that, right? We need to give people some practical things. And there's obviously room for practical wisdom in the Christian life. But I think that, that a right talking about Jesus through the gospel is so powerful because it both makes us uncomfortable in a sense that it drives us to holiness. That's right. Yeah. But then it also gives us incredible comfort because Jesus has given us holiness. And so we don't leave anxious. We don't leave, we leave with comfort and confidence, but we also leave with conviction and humility. Yeah. What else does that but the gospel? That's, yeah, that's exactly right. J.C. Ryle says we have to dig low before we can build high. Right, yeah. Right? We, have, mm -hmm. we have to be confronted with who Jesus is in all his purity and authority 
so that we can see the reality and the the grandeur of God's grace. And I, th- I think that's what I loved. I, I mean, I love trying to thoughtfully, intentionally plan our services. You know, each each Monday, typically me and Jason and Matt Papa like plan our, you know, our gathering together. But I came away from yesterday. I mean, we so we planned it on Monday. Um, but I, I would say outside of that meeting, you kind of landed intentionally in your message just on that point of Jesus confronting us and and really driving home like you you need a savior right the 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 reality of our need for jesus right and i kind of separate from you kind of landed on the same thing yeah in a conf, you know prayer mm-hmm. of confession at the beginning you know singing about jesus paid it all come ye sinners i just love i mean the, the lord does that pretty much every sunday but you know we god uses our planning but he he's also you know over all of our planning but i think that for me, that's a needed step. And I, and I think if you read scripture rightly, it's, it's a needed step for us to actually celebrate God's grace. Like we, we have to be confronted with our need for grace so that we can appreciate mm-hmm. grace. Yeah, and, and the sacraments do, do that really well too, yeah, right? That's so, exactly right. And you know, one of the things I love about taking <clears throat> the Lord's Supper is we both we it forces us to look back to the cross and the pain of our sin but to the point to kind of the concluding point yesterday and we can kind of move there now this idea of sabbath hmm. it it reminds us of rest it reminds us of the true rest um when not only will our souls be healed but also our bodies healed um you know us thomas one of the things you come to with this service or with this passage is why this guy and not the other multitudes yeah I mean, so many folks are there saying, we're, we're waiting on the water too. Right. We're, you got Pharisees there that are just ready for a fight. You got all these folks around. Yeah. And there's this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, and God was obviously gracious to him, but was, again, don't miss the sign for the signs. Like this was just a sign mm-hmm. to point us to the sign where ultimate healing really comes and ultimate redemption, not just from sin. I mean, when we talk about the healing of God, the sign of Jonah, right? The sign of the cross, it does set us free of sin, but it also sets us free in the coming kingdom of Christ of all of the effects of sin. That's right. And so we do, we, we can look to the future. We can look to the table, if you will, the wedding feast of Christ and know we won't be tempted in sin. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Like, what if you never were wow. tempted towards sin? Like, what if you could just <laughs> know that you, every inclination of your heart would be right and pure all the time. I, I long for that day. Mm-hmm. But because that is going to be true, because sin is going to be overcome, and the overcoming of sin will be fully known, all the effects of sin, which are pain and sorrow and mm-hmm. suffering and loss and, and, and anxiety and uh, depression and all of these things that we experience in this life, the miseries of this life, right? Mm. As the old catechism said, they will all also be all overcome on that day too. That so, is the ultimate healing. So here's a real practical question. So in light of that, in light of we have this ultimate hope, mm-hmm. uh, how does a Christian rightly pray during this a, a current season of physical you know, struggle? or you know what, what challenges in your life you're feeling the effects of sin because i think i think some people can take that as 
Yeah, God doesn't really promise any rest or reprieve in this life, but you know, hopefully I'll make it to heaven. Right. How would you answer that? Well, so I would I would say you can pray with the confidence knowing that Christ is going to heal you. Now, it may not be until you're in his presence mm -hmm. that he does heal you, but he's going to heal you. Now, I still think that it's a good and right and wholesome prayer, obviously, to pray for immediate healing because those signs are not unimportant, right? Yeah. The signs that point to the sign are the means by which Jesus uses to drive our faith and to get us to the sign, right? When, when we take communion, in a sense, it's just, I mean, and actually I like the way we take communion. What do you get when you take communion? It's like a little bite of bread. <laughs> that's right, little and bit. a little <laughs> cup of wine, right? And, and that's appropriate. That's not inappropriate, yeah. right? Because you're not supposed to be taste. you're not supposed to be filled by it, right? You're That's not supposed right. to walk away satisfied. You're you're supposed to you're supposed to actually do it longing for more. But it is a taste. And I would say, look, I think that the Lord is active in healing people all the time. I mean, I've I've actually I think that actually in my own life I have experienced the healing. I think that, you know, we in our church, we've seen God move in, in very real and profound ways. Mm -hmm. But all of those, again, I don't want to miss the sign for the signs. I'm grateful for those, yeah. right? Just like this guy was grateful that he could walk. Sure. But that's not the point, right? The, the big, there's something bigger going on here. Yeah. And so I would just say to you, if God has shown you grace and he has healed you, or if you have an ailment and you're asking for healing, I'd say pray that God would heal you. But no, and it's the same thing with this guy, just because this guy's legs have been healed, his bigger problems still remained, right? Mm -hmm. Your biggest problem is not your physical ailment or your sadness or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There's a bigger thing going on that God is going to give you healing for. And if he does give you healing in this life ahead of his new kingdom, it's a sign that points you to the sign. Where, where, where the Sabbath rest is, is not in the fact that you may be healed from a sickness. Sabbath rest is in the salvation that God has given us. It's, it's in God, it's in the rest of God. It's in the completed work of God that he has completed in the cross of Jesus. And that one day we'll, we'll experience the, the complete the completion of that so even if you're healed or you're not healed your rest is in the same place right. well yeah i love that i mean on this, on this side of the cross like looking back i think the the greater sign is that jesus has done this redemptive work for the purpose of access to become sons and daughters of god right galatians now we can cry abba father and so i think you know when we are praying for healing we do it not just in the hopes that God might be good to us, he might do this good thing, but we pray because we know our Father is good. Mm -hmm. And because we know because of Jesus, he's given us access, he's actually given us the invitation and God has given us the invitation to ask for good things because right. he's a good Father, That's right. right? So we don't wanna miss, you know, I talked about it in the members meeting last night, like we, our circumstances, yes, they're important, but they don't dictate God's goodness. We trust in the promise of God's goodness through Jesus. Now, we pray and ask for good things because he's a good father. And that it's that it's it's trust and hope in the character of God that actually enables me to pray for faith, believing that God is good, even if, you know, my my ultimate fulfillment of that isn't until heaven. Right. And that's faith. Yeah. 
That yeah, is exactly. faith, right? When was Israel saved? Like, when were the people of Israel saved? In one sense, they were saved when they crossed the Red Sea and they were freed from the Egyptians. Mm. But when were they really saved? They were really saved when their Messiah came and That's made right. a way for the covering of all of their sins mm -hmm. and, and overcame their greatest enemy, sin and death, and, and called them into the eternal kingdom of God, right? When, when did Israel enter into the kingdom of God? Well, in one sense, when Joshua was, you know, fighting the battles and they were making their yep. home in the promised land. But, but in another sense, they won't really cross the Jordan until they cross the final Jordan and enter into the kingdom of God. And so the, the point I'm trying to make here is, yes, these signs, they, 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 it's not like they just happened in the time of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. When was this guy saved? When was this guy at the at Bethesda saved? Well, and once as he was saved, when Jesus said, get up in your mat and walk, but the sign was a point to a, a greater sign. The other sign, the greater time that he was saved was when Jesus saved him from the worst thing that may happen to him, final yeah. judgment on the cross of Jesus. And it kind of gets to actually another passage that I was meditating on, Hebrews 4. And I wanted to kind of go into a whole exposition of this, but I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'll just start at verse 6. It says, therefore, it remains for some to enter it. This is the, the rest and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. And again, he appointed a certain day today, saying through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So what is he, what is he uh, saying there? So even David, to your kind of point, Jordan, it's looking forward to a day of rest that is coming, but David is saying today strive to enter the rest so there's mm -hmm. a there's an immediate faith that is later fulfilled yeah and then verse 8 it gives explains it a little further if joshua had given them rest god would have not spoken of another day later on so that so the rest that they had in joshua when they they came into the land was a kind of rest we shouldn't forget about but it's actually just a sign of another rest of a later rest of a more true rest and then, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also entered, uh, has also rested from his works as God did from his. So what is the whole Sabbath about? Even the Sabbath day, it's a little taste yep. of true rest. And so then verse 11, and this is what I sort of cited yesterday, let us strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall, fall by the same sort of disobedience. Now, what's interesting about this passage is how do you strive mm -hmm. to enter the rest? And I said it yesterday, you look to Jesus, but how do you look to Jesus? And I think it is this, you listen to the word of Jesus, because mm -hmm. then he goes into verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharp in the needy two-edged sword, piercing the vision of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intention of the heart. So the word of God, the voice of Christ will do all this. But then there, this is what's so interesting you know subject predicate agreement you remember that from school oh yeah all right you got it the what do pronouns do they modify a noun okay so what is the noun it's the word right what is the pronoun that modifies it this is so interesting verse 13 and no creature is hidden from his sight hmm. not its but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. 
Very fascinating passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pronoun, predicate, pronoun is modifying subject noun, which is what? The word of God. That's right. God so identifies with his word that it's not just like a Bible that's out there. It's it's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And so how do we enter the rest of God? We listen to the voice of God. Um so that we'll be justified before him. I think this has been a great talk back for me. I've just been listening and enjoying. But you guys, the language you've used so much in this whole talk back has been tension language. Mm. There's this tension of resting in the Lord. There's this tension of pursue holiness, uh, not just the healing, but the healer. And so there's this, the whole conversation back and forth has been a lot of tension, which marries really well with John five fourteen, where Jesus said, you're healed. Be sure to not sin again. Yeah, like there's yeah. this uh, strive to enter rest. Right. It's right. really interesting, this tension. And we, we like things to be resolved quickly. You know, a little sitcom, there's a problem. It gets resolved onto the next episode. But this really is not that way, our walk with the Lord. It is a tension of God did it all, and I need to respond out of a grateful heart. And it can... It's a it's a beautiful tension. It's so funny you say that. So, so my brother was in town this past weekend, and uh, he's also a, a pastor in a church in Maryland. And it, we talked about that very thing. Hmm. That was one of our conversations of how Christians and, and we include ourselves in this. We just don't like tension. You know, we yeah. we like to have these black and white, like clear categories. And and that's what we were saying. Like in Scripture and so much of the Christian life, it is. It there's inherent tension in it, and tension's actually good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's a part of our faith. I mean, you read the Bible, whether it's, you know, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility or, you know, any number of things, there is an inherent tension and the writers, the authors of scripture, ultimately God like has no problem with that. Right. That's right. right. <laughs> like, yeah. These two things exist and that's, that's the way it is. And so I let, you know, Hebrews four, it's, you know, there is this ultimate rest. We've been invited into it and yet we're to strive to enter into this rest. We're to work, to work hard. I think like our sabbath our even our sunday gatherings is a taste of that rest that's right you know, that's we, right when we come together but then there's this ultimate rest and and we don't just automatically get in like there there's a there's a striving there's a you know we need to we need to work towards holiness and you know the, the passage right before it he, hebrews 3 you know it's take care brothers lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart and we're to exhort one another mm-hmm. so you know it, it is the it's a good tension and i, I think we we all and I include myself we all need to grow in actually the beauty of tension and i, I think jason the, the the verse that we wrapped up on just a second ago that hebrews 4 12 and 13 those are so good because i need to rejoice when i sense the lord through his word searching out the deep right. part of me when right. it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. it's evidence of his love mm-hmm. that's right that's super important for us to remember that is a good thing when we experience the conviction of God. You know why you don't like tension? You know why you don't, you don't like that? Is because ultimately we don't like God's authority. Mm, yeah. You know, you ever have something with your kids where <laughs> like Emriana is always like, 
what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm like, you couldn't understand it. Just trust me, you know? And, um, we don't like that. Yeah. And, and I just, there was, I'm like, there's no way I could adequately explain like what's going on here. So just, just, just do what I say. Right. (laughs) So, and, um, but she didn't like that, you know, obviously she wants, and and we're the same way, right? We, we can't just listen to God and say, okay, you know, okay, I trust you. You're a good father. And yeah, that's why we don't like the tension because tension, <clears throat> tension means that we're not in control. We, we can't use this to control people. We, we have to just trust the Lord with it and point people to him. You know what's another good tension? Right after, you know, the, the end of chapter four, right after this word of God, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast. Let us strive for right. confession. Right. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's so beautiful. How is Jesus, uh, how is Jesus both like us? How is he both imminent and transcendent? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you want to talk about attention. <laughs> we'll have to do another talk back about that's that right. one. That's a good one. But this has been great, guys. Well, happy Holy Week. Amen. For Thomas Nelson and Jordan Coughlin, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.